Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. So hello and welcome back to another episode of Old Time Crime Gals. This is Melissa here with Shannon. Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. It's been a while. I think it was another two-week gap before the last yes. episode. That's my fault. It's what do we say? Life. Life happens. <laughs> life, life, life. I've been under the weather, but I feel better and back to normal. And we're here. Yep. Everything's good. Um, swelteringly hot outside. Yeah. I do think, because people try to always have excuses about the weather, but it's like I told somebody today that was I spoke to earlier that they were saying how hot it was. Well, they have young children. So when they go outside with their children, they're sweating more than like me, who my children are a little bit older and I don't have to do as much for them. And no, so okay, when you walk to, to AC. Yeah, well when you walk to your car and you sweat before you get to your car, that's just too hot for me. That is hot. But I don't think it's any <laughs> I don't think it's new. No, it's not you know, new. It's just we can't and uh, all of the older people who are Oh, it's so hot. I'm thinking that's because you never had air conditioner. Now you're used to air conditioner. <laughs> I'm so, very used to air conditioner. Yeah. So when we're used to it, everything's hot in a way. But it's the area that we live, though, is just so ridiculously muggy. And the older it I get, is. the more I like yes. want to move up north. So all my Alaska friends, I'm going to see you. But then when it gets extremely <laughs> cold, I can't. Oh, I'm fine there. with the cold. You can always pack on more layers. True. You can't, can't undress. That's true. Yep. Speaking of up north, today's story is from Canada, our friends. All right. And I haven't um, heard it that I know yep, of. Like always, you might, well, you might have. It's pretty pretty infamous. And when I start talking about it, you might it might ring a bell or two up there. It's about um, Lindsay Buziak. So Lindsay um, Buziak. I actually have a friend, Lindsay, who's in Alaska right now. But anyway. Oh, how cool. Um, I know. I'm jealous. So, Lindsay was born in 1983, and her dad is in the real estate business. And so, you know, she is this people person. She's outgoing. She's fun-loving. And so, her idea was going to real estate. Okay. Which makes sense if you're a people person, because you have to talk to a lot of people. You have to call a lot of people. You have to meet a lot of people. Um, Me, I'm not that type of person. I thought about it. But I just, yeah, not the job for me. Not your thing. I tried to sell insurance, and I'm, I'm not a people person. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a people person, <laughs> but I don't know if I could do the real estate thing because you got to be able to be a salesperson. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not good at selling things. Is what is yeah, what I'm saying. I'm a people person, but not a salesperson. So, fun fact: so the average home price in in Canada was like six hundred thousand Canadian dollars okay. at the time, and so commission checks were pretty decent. So, yeah. if you are a good salesperson and you are good at selling houses, you can make a you know considerable income. Doing that. So it's not a bad payday. And it was like the eighth most expensive city in Canada to, to buy into at the time. So um, they're in Victoria. And so she meets this this guy, Jason um, DeZallo, who is from a wealthy family. And he's also got his real estate license, owns a family real estate business. Oh, okay. They kind of like have that in common. So she begins to date him. And she gets a job at a REMAX office in Victoria, British Columbia. Okay. And... The office manager or her boss is actually Jason's mom, Shirley. So it's oh. kind of like a whole hmm. family clan thing. That might there. be kind of hard. <laughs> well, yeah. But hopefully, I don't but know. she was enjoying it. She was liking it. Um, so she's been a realtor now for almost a year. So she's had some some successes, but 
in January, so we're January 31st, 2008. So Lindsay gets a call from a potential client. And this is a woman that calls her. And so the woman says, like, she's speaking with an odd accent. Like, so they're in Canada and they're in Victoria. This lady sounded almost Hispanic slash Mexican, but not really. Okay. Like, maybe she was speaking a mix of English and, like, a little few words here and there. It just sounded odd to her. It didn't sound like a normal accent. That she would hear. It was enough that she described it as, like, fake. Ah. She think it sounded fake. Okay. But anyway, so she explains that her husband is transferring to Victoria for work. And they need, like, a house right away. Like, I want to buy in three days. I'm going to close in three days. And she gives very specific details about the requirements that they want in this new home. It has to be new. It has to have, like, four bedrooms. has to have a separate maid's quarter, like a housekeeper's area. It has to be, like, 15, 20 minutes from town. Like, it's very, there's a whole list that she wrote down in her day planner. Like, it has to meet these parameters. Okay. And um, she's like, we're willing to spend a million dollars. We need to buy now. Okay. And so, you think about that, like, every realtor probably wants that phone call. Like, that that commission on a million dollars, like, you're ready to buy in a couple days? Let's go. Let's go look for houses. But it made her a little bit uneasy because, I mean, the accent sounded funny. Like you, and then I just, want something this fast, and I can pay for it now. Yeah, like, this is what I need. Um, so, when she writes down the notes in her planner, she tags, she writes down the number they called from, she tags it as the Mexicans. Okay. Like, I don't, she didn't write down the name, she didn't write down any other information huh. other than that. And I wonder then, if the lady gave her her name. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she yeah, was just like, oh, a million dollars, down. like, cloud over it. This is, I'm just going to go go with this because you would think she would have written down the names if she had yep. actually gotten them or something. so then she she actually has a talk with her dad who's in the real estate business which i mentioned earlier and jason so a few things were odd you know that didn't really sit right with her first of all all of her business flyers and her cards have her business phone number this lady called her cell phone Oh, that would be a red flag right there. And how so did she she, get my a, she asked the lady, "How did you get my number?" Okay, and she's like, "Oh, your client such and such referred us to you." Which, if you're a realtor, yeah. you word of mouth, it happens. I have my realtor's personal cell phone number. We called her. We you know we sent people to her. We gave her number out. That's how you get business. Yeah. And so she was like, "Oh, okay, you know, yeah." But then her dad was like, "Well, call your client. Ask your client, did they refer you?" That's I mean, right. So, and when she did. She couldn't reach them because they were out of town or something. Like, very inconvenient. Uh, okay. Like, couldn't reach the exact person that she needed to talk to. Huh. And so, that was like, well, yeah. So, she tried to follow up but couldn't. So, then Jason, her boyfriend, offered to show the house for her. He's like, well, I'll show it, you know, for you. I'll show it with you. And then her wanting to be the independent realtor and prove that she could do it. was like, no, no, no. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Let me do it. But can you just be there? Like, just in case. So, they agreed that he would, like, be there outside you know waiting like to rush in if she needed if she felt uncomfortable or if she needed help or if she was getting stuck he would just be around got it but wanted to let her do her thing on her own and so that was the plan even though that she seemed a little iffy about the situation but it was such a huge opportunity that kind of overshadowed any problems she might have because i want that you know yeah that i want the paycheck i mean because that was a pretty pretty decent commission and so, the timeline for this whole set of events is super specific, down to the point that this crime probably happened within a four-minute window. Oh, my gracious. Okay. Four minutes. Four minutes is super fast. Yes. 
So we're so they set the showing up for 5:30 on um, February 2nd on a Saturday evening. Now the area that they're in and the time of year, so it, it's dark by like six o'clock. Okay. So it's, this is dusk. It's evening. It's going to be late. So that day, which is kind of odd too, because if they're that fast, why can't you meet? I don't know during a different hour time. Yeah. Saturday. So this was the timeline. So Jason and Lindsay actually are out at a late lunch. Okay. So they finished eating lunch at like 424. Like that's how specific things are because everything is tracked. So they signed the receipt of their lunch at 424. So they split up. He's got to go meet a buddy at some place to do some kind of real estate deal or he's meeting up with a friend. She's going to go home and change for the showing because you want to show up in like the high heels and the business suit and like, you know, be real in her and be professional. And maybe she didn't want to spend her Saturday dressed up like that. So she's going to go home and get ready for the showing. He's going to go meet his friend. So he goes home and meets his friend. So the owner of the house left at like 430 because you got people coming over to see it. So you want to get out of the way. So he, which it was empty, but he was doing maintenance work. There were some workers there doing some stuff. So they, they leave around five. So there's actually witnesses that see Lindsay meet the couple outside before they go into the house. So the couple is described as a Caucasian woman with short blonde hair wearing this like loud dress that has black and hot pink and white is like very noticeable okay and then a caucasian man with a long coat and he's just like a stocky build go into the house okay so they see them and the dress is actually they found the type of dress and it was like a pattern that was sold at like a department store it wasn't like so unique that it couldn't be Got like it. it could be specifically tracked, so a lot of people could have had access to it. Got it. But it's really something that I guess if you don't want to be noticed, maybe you wouldn't wear it because it was really like loud. Um, but they do see them talk to her and them go inside. Now, so, where's Jason at this point? So Jason was meeting with his friend. Okay. And he actually um, texted her. He was driving, and he says, "I'll come meet you. I'll be ten or fifteen minutes or so," because he was running a little bit late. She texts back, okay, see you in a bit, got to go, the Mexicans are here. Like, okay. So still like, hey, they're here, got to go. So the lockbox on the house is computerized. They can see exactly what time she opened the door. Yes. So at 529 is when the door opens. Showing was supposed to be at 530. So they go inside. So 538, he texts, again, I'm just a couple of minutes away. But that text on her BlackBerry, they looked at it. It was never open. Like, she never clicked on it to see the text. Okay. Um, so, he texted just a couple minutes away. So, according to him, he arrives at 5.45. Okay. And at 5.45, he notices two people, like, starting to come out of the house. But he pulled in the driveway, and then they kind of turn around and go back in the house and shut the door. So, in his mind, he's like, well, maybe that's them. It's starting. They're running late. They just got, you know, maybe they just went inside. So, he's like, well, I'm not going to rush in right now. I'm just going to, you know, I'll back out the driveway, and I'm going to park, and I'll just sit and wait. So, then he sends a text like, are you okay? Um, And he didn't get a response. And so, he goes up, like 15 or 20 minutes goes by. And he decides to go check the door. 
well, the door is locked. And apparently in real estate world, it just doesn't make any sense. Don't lock the door behind you if you're meeting new people you've never known before and you're showing this house. Yeah. The door should have stayed open. Right. Um, but it was locked. Okay. And so he immediately calls the police to ask for a welfare check to explain that the door's locked. She's in there. He doesn't, she's not answering text. She doesn't know what's going on. And we don't. Which may seem a little over. I don't think Overbearing, so. He knew. But, but she already felt uneasy about the situation. So, to me, I think that's perfectly reasonable to say something's yeah. not right. Because I, I know agree. the door shouldn't be locked. Right. The door shouldn't be locked. Right. So, um, his friend is with him. So, his friend came with him that oh, he okay. went to meet. So, he has somebody else with him. And they're kind of looking around. And they notice that the French doors off the backside are, like, cracked open. And so, they're like, oh, well, the door's open over here. So, he kind of hoists his buddy up over the fence. And the guy goes into the house and lets him in the front door. Okay. And so as soon as he lets Jason in the front door, he runs upstairs. And he's Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay calling her name. And he finds her in the master bedroom. Oh. Stabbed to death. Oh, my gracious. Yes. But there's nobody in the house. And he had seen that couple go he back in. He had seen in, the couple go back in. But don't know how they came out. But they don't know how they came out. Okay. And... Her BlackBerry dialed, pocket dialed, um, like at 5.41, like 5.30, um, a friend that she hadn't talked to in, like, years. Like, just some random person on her list. So, they, and it was, like, muffled sound. Like, they think something during the attack made her phone call out. Okay. And that's when it was happening. Okay, so... Where we're at right now is a bunch of messes happened in a short amount of time. Um, so you're time yeah. So you follow it? So I am following it, okay. but it is really fast. And yes. like, where did the couple disappear to? So like 529 is when the lockbox is open. She made that weird phone um, call. But well, that was at 541 now. when they okay. think stuff was happening. But see, at 605 is when they first, Jason first calls 911 to come check because the door is locked. Okay. But then in the between time when the cops were on their way, that's when they find the door okay. open. The guy goes over the fence, lets Jason in. He runs upstairs. So he finds, he makes another call at 605. No, 611 is when they found the body. 605 is when he calls the first time. 611 is when he found her. So it's a really short, short time. And so, um, when the police arrive, you know, they're waving their arms in the upstairs bedroom window, trying to get him to go straight up to the bedroom. So, immediately, they took him and his friend into custody. Because, well, yeah. I mean, you have a body. You have, they were the ones that called 911. They entered the house. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what happened. They have to be questioned. Everyone has to be looked at as a suspect. So, they immediately take them into custody. Which is, you're going to you're gonna try to go save who you love. You yeah. know, because I thought about I mean, that. he was trying to do CPR. But then... The dad, I mean, having questions and and, yeah. and wanting to know what's going on, has, like, why did he run? One of his things was, why did he run straight to where she was at? This was, like, a huge house. But, it, but again, like, why did he, because he was saying, why did he just run in and go straight upstairs? Right. Well, his friend let him in. I mean, there was two people there. I could see him going, I got down here, you check up there, like, really fist trying to find her. And here's my thing. It was 6.05 and 6.11. That's six minutes. You can cover... Well, he said he ran straight up the stairs. Oh, God. Like, God. he said, I came in. Maybe and he I said, ran I'll take upstairs, up you take downstairs. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, yeah. Like, we don't want the other friend. We don't know what had happened. If it's me, I got two people. Like, you take this way, I'm going that way. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to. You're in panic mode. Yeah. Yes, I, mean, um, I mean, yes. And her shoes are by the door because they take your shoes off when you're in your right. brand new house or her heels were laying on, on um, by the door. And so they find her. Um, 
she had no defensive wounds. So it was, they think when she turned around to show them the bathroom, she got attacked from behind. Um, and we're talking like 40 to 50 stab wounds. Wow. It was, un, this, it's sealed. That's so we like don't know anger. exactly. So it was like a rage killing. Yeah. But so is it personal? But then the question was who? And then how, they had no DNA. They have no fingerprints. They have no murder weapon. Like, so remember Jason and his friend pulled in the driveway at 545 and saw them. Shut the door and go back in. Shut the door and go back in. Her phone pocket dialed at 541 when they think the murder happened upstairs in the bathroom. So you have four minutes yeah. in between that happening and them walking out the door. Yeah. Because according to the sergeant, if he was like 10 seconds later, he would have passed them walking down the street. Yeah. That was crazy. And they would have been covered in blood because 40, 50 stab wounds and like uh-huh. there's blood spatter. There's blood everywhere. They've got But they didn't have. have any fingerprints, no footprints, no DNA, no, no nothing. They said they have them entering the house. Witnesses saw them. Jason and his friend saw them go back in. They could tell they went through the house. So I don't know if they're just not releasing any information. They said they can tell where they exited the house because the back door was open. Mm-hmm. Now, ironically, well, not ironically, but fortunately for them, I guess, or it seems rather weird, there were three boards in the back fence that were out. So they could have easily went through the fence and had a car waiting on the side road to leave yeah and the the according to the owner he removed three boards from his fence so that the workers that left at five he left at 4 30 the workers left at five so they could come back in and get their paint like who does that yeah that's weird that's that's a little strange so there happened to be a hole in the fence yeah and this just all happens to play out. but then were they really gonna walk out the front door and then they saw the jason just changed their mind and just hopped out the back but if that was their plan, were they really just going to walk down the street and around the corner? Yeah. It's so weird. So I, it's, the whole situation is just strange. And Jason, he passed the polygraph well, test. He, he, she might have had a wig on or something. And that is something that I, I, I heard in another um, podcast that um, kind of brings some stuff up. Because, yeah, if she was, maybe they were going to walk out so they could be seen as, oh, the blonde lady. They, they're leaving yeah. in the dress. And then yeah. I saw them leave. Yeah. Like, but nothing happened. So maybe that's why they were going to walk out the front and then saw him. So maybe she didn't have anything. that She was an accomplice. She was the babe. And maybe she didn't do anything. Yeah. So she didn't have any blood on her nice little little dress. Because he had a coat. Remember? Right. So he, he had a coat. Yeah. So he could have put the coat over it. So they maybe had planned to walk out the front door. Or... He could have been dressed underneath, used the coat, and then took the coat off. But if yeah. they didn't find any, they didn't find Yeah, they anything. didn't find any murder that weapon or anything like that. She had no defensive wounds. Her purse, her wallet, her money, everything was still there. There was nothing in the house to take because it was empty. Okay. So it wasn't like robbery. Yeah, I can't handle um, it, Melissa. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Do they have an outcome? Are we going to have an outcome of, or is it still unsolved? Oh, she's it's not telling me. So okay, okay. All right, okay. go ahead. So, she did write down in her day planner the phone number that she had been in contact with the Mexicans. And so, the phone number turns out that it was a burner phone. Oh, surprise. Purchased in Vancouver months before and not registered until it was used and only used to contact Lindsay. Wow. And so, it was registered under a fake name, Paulo Rodriguez, bringing in the Spanish influence. And the phone... 
after the murder was never used again. Wow. So it was bought specifically to call Lindsay. Wow. And so we're going to backtrack a little bit and we're going to go to two months before the murder. So we're going to go to December. So in December, she visits her dad in Calgary. So this is, it's a long trip away. Like he flies to, to her. So she visits her dad in Calgary. And according to him, she has this conversation with him about her relationship with Jason, about how it was kind of rocky. He was jealous. He was possessive. He was overbearing. It was just smothering feeling. It was kind of too much. And she knew he loved her, but maybe she was kind of going to break it off. Okay. So dad's thinking maybe he knew about it. Maybe he had something to do with it. But I mean, they've got him on surveillance video at the other place with his friend. He was texting her from the road with a cell phone pin. He was made both the 911 calls. He gave, you know, he did the polygraph. He passed. At this point, he's not a suspect. But why is she working with his mother if that's the relationship? Well, see, the mom bought a nice waterfront property that they moved into. Like, she wasn't living with them. Mom bought this property, and then that, they started living together. Okay. Um, I mean, it's I don't. Just, yeah. Okay. But according to her dad, she saw something she wasn't supposed to, but he won't say what it Maybe she didn't say what it was. Okay. I don't know. But anyway, she was thinking about breaking it off with Jason. Okay. And then again, it is that a family. Was... It is a business. Mom works there. Maybe some funny stuff was going on with the books or right. my mouth. We don't who, know. Who knows? No one, no one knows that part. But he was sure that she things weren't as great as what it seemed to be. Now her sister Sarah, she was living in the Cayman Islands at the time. Don't know what she was doing there. <laughs> I would like to know. But um, she said that she she adored Jason and she her sister was happy. But again, how long have they been, been dating? Like almost two years, like okay. eighteen months or something. I wonder how um, often the sister flew back to get to know him that well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. She just, but um, her father always thought, like, he was possessive, jealous, and all that stuff. But so, while she's in Calgary, this is in December, she actually contacts a former friend from school that lives in Victoria. Now, remember, she was in Victoria, visited her dad in Calgary, tries to contact this friend that lives in Victoria. Okay. So, this friend was, like, a friend of an ex or something, but it just so happened that he has ties to, like, big time drug dealing and while she was in calgary like this on january 22nd like soon after she leaves and comes back to victoria this like this major drug bust happened it was like one of the biggest drug busts in alberta like millions of like cocaine dollars got lost and like a bunch of people lost money a ton of people got rounded up and thrown into prison one of the ones was one of the friends that she contacted. Now, they don't know what she contacted. She contacted them on her, on her phone and through a Facebook message. But they don't know what was said or why she contacted them. Now, she her, herself personally had no ties. Like, she wasn't involved in illegal activity. She wasn't a drug user. She, But for some reason, she had this contact. And so, one of the theories is that the gangs or whoever lost the money in the drug bust wanted to make somebody pay because someone talked to police mm. and maybe the finger was pointed at her. Like, okay. oh, you talked to such, it, it must have been her. Maybe to save his butt, he threw out her name and started this big, long process. Wow. But the phone, the drug bust investigation was going on. It takes years to put that stuff together where they finally sting people. So that was going on way before she had that contact. So okay. I doubt. It, she was really the person who snitched it. Maybe just she just got blamed for it. Yeah. And just a murder of opportunity to show you, she's don't a... mess with us because this is what we'll do kind of thing. Right. 
But then if nobody knows who it's attached to, then it doesn't really, well, I mean, underground, I guess it does. But Yep. And so. It shows you can have associations with people that do things and you have no you control have no over clue. No, no. So a couple of months, this is a little weird. So a couple of months after the murder. Okay. One of Lindsay's friends, her name is Nikki, gets a phone call, middle of the night, answers the phone. I don't answer phone calls that yeah. I don't know. So I, this would never, if you're, that would never happen to me. So yeah. if you're trying to reach me, it's just not well, going to work that way. The only reason I would think in the middle of the night is because it's Maybe somebody. Maybe it's an emergency. Yeah. Somebody. So in her sleepy, groggling state, she answers this phone in the middle of the night. And it's this woman who's talking with a fake sounding Spanish, Spanish. <laughs> accent. And so she's kind of like not really comprehending what's, what she's saying. And then... She hangs up, but it kind of scares her because she remembers, like, that's what Lindsay had said. Like, this lady was a fake accent. She's like, oh, my gosh, they're calling me now. And so she tries to call the number back. Okay. Like, 24 times. Wow. And, like, finally someone picks up. Guess who picks up? I just want you to throw it out there. Guess who picks up the phone? Let me think. And who does she hear talking? Okay. Who picks up the phone? I'm going to go with... <laughs> Oh, maybe the boyfriend or his mom. Am I completely wrong? No, you're half. It's his mom, Shirley. Ah, okay. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I called you by mistake. I was trying to reach my assistant, Nikki, also of the same name. But if you're calling from your phone and you're trying to reach your assistant, why is Lindsay's friend who has nothing to do with the real estate business? Yeah. And it was her friend outside of work. How do you even have her number? And then you have a crazy Hispanic accent. And you're doing it in the middle of she the night. She denies it. She's like, maybe, the, I mean, I guess they chopped it up and maybe she was dreaming, but uh, I don't know. That's, that's a little. Is there proof fishy. that she called her? I, you know, with what I, on, oh, on okay, the stories. Okay. That's, that's what I had heard. So that's a little weird. And being that she was half asleep, she can't really remember what was said. That's she why she called back. back. Kept she kept calling her back. back. Yeah. And then who picked up the phone was, was his mom. Okay. Wow. Yep. Um. So she claimed she was looking for her assistant, which is just. Yeah, it's very odd. And so, we, and I'm sure we probably haven't, but does she even have an assistant named Nikki? I guess. Do we know? I don't okay. Know. Maybe. She no, there was a friend. There was a friend of Lindsay's who worked at the Remax office who, when she was murdered, quit and disappeared. That could be Nikki. I don't know. God. All I know is there was someone because the police, they know whoever set this up or whoever did it had to be close to her and knew her yeah now there is a sketch because there's a rough sketch of the caucasian woman with blonde hair but it's from the side and another podcast that brought it up like if you take shirley and she turns sideways she kind of looks like i mean it could have been her in a wig but how at the would, same time how would she not notice if it's her boyfriend's mom exactly i, I mean, mean she's really good at yeah. disguises but working with her all the time. And maybe she and, didn't say much. Maybe right. the guy did all the talking and she just kind of like, I mean, right. who knows? That's true. They were only in the house for like 15 minutes. True. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, I don't know. Very interesting. But there is some more information. So, that was in 2008. So, 2020 had an update. And it actually is still an active investigation. So Good. Don't still, give up. They're not giving up. In fact, the FBI is now involved. Okay. So, they've collaborated with the, um, the Royal Canadian Police and all that stuff. So, there's more agencies involved and they're starting to do some more. Um, testing has opened up for certain things. Even though they said they didn't have TNA, but 
they probably have something they haven't released. How do you get through? How do you walk through a whole house and not touch anything? Yeah, Um, or either wipe it down in two two seconds as you're going out the door. That's just too much trauma not to have something happen and you leave something behind. Yeah, that's kind of weird. So there is some updates from 2020. So police some police reports were actually unsealed. And so, um, they were released, and in those, it says none of Lindsay's clients referred to anyone in, um, referred her at all. So, there was no mention of a referral clients. They contacted all of her clients. No one referred anybody. So, they knew enough, they were close enough to know a name to throw out there that would not be available. And had her cell number. And had her cell phone number. So, So making eyes at each other. Has "Ah." Has to be somebody close. Yes. Um, so there were actually 11 calls in total made between Lindsay and the burner phone. Um, but at the time, she never wrote down any no- names. She never wrote down any information. She just had that conversation. Always ask for a name. Even if they give you a <laughs> fake name, it still gives you something. Write down something. Something to go on because they may have like, it could be a weird name just based on something yeah. that they like or, you know. But so some of her Facebook messages have been deleted. And then they went through, so, you know, her digital life, like they do have to do nowadays, they have to dissect everything. So some of her Facebook friends on her list included, and this is, quote, violent criminals that were involved in the legal distribution of drugs. Huh. So that this kind of leads investigators to believe that it is possible that just because she knew somebody, that maybe she was thrown under the bus for something that didn't, and it had a role in her death. Yeah. I mean, so maybe she was a scapegoat for this big thing that went down and that name got thrown out there. So, um, but there actually were two burner phones registered okay. to that uh, Pablo Rodriguez. One directly contacted Lindsay and the other one was only used to call the first phone to check its voicemail. Okay. So like, it's like double cover in their tracks, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Wow. But I mean, now, they were good at whatever they did. Yeah, I mean, I mean so no murder weapon, no, yeah. got away. Scott no Brady. DNA, I just. But yeah. now police know the real name of the owner of both those phones. Oh. It's been redacted. It hasn't been released. But they have a real person that is the owner who purchased those phones. So it's probably not going to be long before they figure it out. I hope so. Because, I mean, that's just sad of what happened. So so if you were thinking about being a real estate agent, thinking. Just be safe. <laughs> Always sure, bring back. Yeah. And Jason was like six two, an ex semi pro hockey player. He was a very he was a very intimidating guy. So yeah. she felt comfortable with him at least being around. But even that didn't, didn't help. Because yeah. I mean, it you was kind of have to go in and say I won't, I won't be here with her, especially when it's a mysterious. And her, and the dad was like. He mentioned, "Oh, I would have had a problem if I saw them go in and close the door." Well. He didn't know. He just thought they were just going in from at the right. start. Right, he had just pulled up. Yeah. So his dad was blaming him for not calling then. Well, I, I can't see that because he gave them like five or ten minutes. I mean, you're looking at a house. House showings are not, they're not super long, but they're not that short, short either. either. Right. So yeah, he, he, there was no reason and for him to think, so big, oh, they're done. And then the houses I've lived in wouldn't take And long. again, this is a million dollar house. So yeah. they might have, you know, some yeah. time to look around. You might want to go back through and, you know, think some things. The mother-in-law suite, check yeah. out, you know. Yeah, housekeeper's area that's but. right so yeah definitely definitely be safe if you're going to be a real estate but 
any as kind of agent parent, that goes to someone's house. As a parent, like you want to blame anything you can because it just hurts so well, bad to lose a child, I'm sure. But so. her dad is kind of taking it a little far. So he has a website and he like publicly puts people's pictures up there who've committed crimes and tries to blame people. Yeah, he's called out some things. Yeah. And he every year and every anniversary he goes he flies back and he um, has a big old sign who killed Lindsay and um, I get that yeah. you want to get it out some way he has a walk and he protests by the house but like the new owners are I'm sure have no idea right. and it's not their fault so they're probably like what is every year this is gonna happen yeah it <laughs> might drop the value of the house down yeah but gotta, um yeah, gotta respect that and the police have have you know reached out to him because it can affect the trial coming up if they arrest True. someone involved and he's got all this stuff going online you know depending on what they allow in and out of court it could hinder the the um prosecution so. that's true but he um yeah he's very open about who he thinks has done it and um he i mean he believes it was a contract it was a contract it has to have been the way it happened so yeah. quick um but who put them up to it is the big question now um they did release a a statement and it said that it's kind of because jason was ruled out as a suspect but they did release a statement that said something like, even if you were brought along to something that happened and you had no wrongdoing, you can reach out to us. Like, so I don't know if that was directly to the friend that oh, like yeah. we know what happened and it's okay if you come tell us what happened is because we knew you weren't involved and we can prove you weren't involved as a roundabout way of saying he was involved. Right. So I'm kind of, I'm really interested to see if they see how narrow down out. and who they arrest for it because it's just, it's a weird situation. When was that newest update with the... That, the police reports came unsealed at 2020. Okay. But it's still, it's still active and um, they still have a reward out. Dad's still looking. Um, I'm sure it's a solvable case, especially if they have, if they have evidence, yeah. DNA evidence that it could have been tested. I see how they can't. I mean, it's... I mean, it was it was a stabs. Well, they're saying. I it mean, wasn't. of course, they have Jason's not his touch DNA because he was trying to do CPR. He had blood all over him right. because he touched her. Right. But again, Dad was saying maybe he contaminated the scene on purpose. So then, of course, they're going to find right. his stuff everywhere. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, but then if happens. he hadn't have gone in, why didn't you go in to see if you could I, save her? Exactly, I mean, it's a catch twenty two until they right. really have conclusive evidence that you know something occurred and can prove who did it. So yeah. I mean, definitely something occurred, but you know what I mean, that the, whoever did it, that they've got evidence of that. So, because you can't just accuse, you got to make sure you have the backup for it. Mm -hmm. But very interesting. That's I know I've been sitting here trying to think if I've heard <laughs> I've either watched a fake, like, Do you know, it took Law and Order or something, or either I've seen that. I just can't remember. Well, there's sure. a couple of real estate ones that have happened like that. Yeah. But there, and I, and I got halfway through all my information, and I was like, did we do this one? I had to look up our own podcast and make sure we didn't talk about it, because I like, I, well, I've heard the story, and I know the story, and I was like, yeah, I talk about it already. It is. And I, had to hard to and I had to find out if we talked about it, and we didn't. And so. you want to talk specifically about that one and make sure, because each individual is worth mentioning and, and speaking about to hopefully somebody will know something and can do something about it. Somebody so. knows something and now they know who bought this phone. So I'm just, I'm curious to find yes. out who bought them because See. I, Ma, I don't know. I just, I just think mama's got something to do with it. I mean, maybe she doesn't, but I, 
know. You'll have to keep up. But yeah. So, so whenever we hear an update from that, we will let you know. Definitely. Um, definitely check it out on your own if you want to find out. There's some rabbit holes you can go with about who her ex-boyfriends knew and who cleaned the house, who related to mom. There's like it's a ton of information that we just don't have time to cover and that I don't have time to verify if it's actually accurate because the comments on that page were like, I, I was up till six this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Um, so um, just keep that in mind. And just we'll be back next week. Hopefully, if not, we'll, next time we see you. I, I think I'll just start saying that. Next time we you'll hear from us, um, we'll have another story to tell. You can reach out to us on Facebook. Send us an email, oldtimecrimegals at gmail.com. And in the meantime, remember, if you do the crime, it's going to catch up with you in time. And we'll talk about it. Thank <laughs> you.